This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. ASTE 2023, Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio. Hey, we're sponsored here by Dorman Training. So glad to have Dorman always as a key partner of ours. Scott Brown. Oh, my. In the early days that I started, you came on the show a lot. Yeah. And then you got so busy. You became, in my mind, the ADAS guru of our industry. And probably just because you were so damn curious. Well, that's a great word, curious. And that's one that I like to stay curious, right? Yeah, and yeah. I like to promote that too. Technicians should be curious, right? And yeah. even when you're dealing with a car problem or whatever, you, you need to vet that service information and stay curious. So, you know, if your car breaks down, where do you take it? To your locally trusted independent repair shop. What if your shop cannot access the vehicle data and only the manufacturer has access? But who owns the data? You, the vehicle owner, or the manufacturer? Well, join the fight to help support Right to Repair by completing the form at autocareadvocacy.org slash NAPA, which sends a letter to your member of Congress today. Right to Repair legislation protects your access to vehicle data and scan tools. This is critically important for the automotive, heavy-duty paint, and body industries. But yeah, uh, the ADAS stuff. I started studying this stuff a long time ago. I bought a car in 2012 that had level zero on it. And I took the camera out of that car to try to figure out who made it, who yeah. made the chips or whatever. Didn't really get a lot of information, but over the years, it's becoming more focused. And I tried to figure out really what's going on behind the scenes, yeah. right? How is that computer vision actually working? So wait, I got to tell you, when I saw you do what the camera sees and the infrareds, and I think you set up a phony deer or you put some stuff up and I was fascinated by the geek you have inside of you that says, I'm going to pull this camera out and we're going to set it up on this table and we're going to do some stuff. Where can people go and see some of that early stuff? Yeah. So they can, they can go to YouTube, just type my name in. Scott and, Brown. Yep. And yeah. type in ADAS or neural networks. Ah, uh, yeah. And right. because that's really where I started to take a deep dive. I could not see, you know, when you go to calibrate and it fails to calibrate and you don't know why. Right. I wanted to know more. So I built this development kit, this little AI development kit uh, that NVIDIA sells, and then you can add parts to it, and then you can basically install open source software and run these computer vision programs. These are the same base programs that the OEMs start with, or the OEMs vendors. They add on to that because we've, we've got elementary things like pose detection, right? And pose detection is basically detecting the human elements, right? The joints, it knows the right side of the body, left side of the body, where it's positioned, where it's headed. And then we've got training on objects or object detection and then classification. And it's just like what we have to learn as humans. When we're young, we need to learn, hey, that's a horse, that's a dog, that's a fire hydrant. We have to teach that to the cars, right? So the cars can make sense of the environment out in the world. And today, you know, it's advanced so far. I mean, it's remarkable to see what is actually transpiring here. The technology with the hardware and then the software that can run and produce it, results. It's crazy. I'm going to ask you curious questions because I am a perpetual student too. And I'm so fascinated by your uncovering stuff. I'm sitting here saying, how many times per second? How do we get all this detection to work through the software? How good is it? What kind of computer power do we need? And will level five ever work someday? Yeah, level five, you know, I have a colleague that actually works for NVIDIA and he works on this kind of stuff. And I've tried to ask him questions and he's, of course, prohibited. I can't from, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, can't tell me much. But 
He's told me that the computing power and some of the hardware needed to where they want to be isn't available. Do, doesn't exist yet. But the refinement on how these neural networks are working and how to understand the volumetric space in front of the vehicle with our two eyes, we can kind of estimate. You know, I can see over there in the corner how you know how that wall is shaped possibly estimate how far away that is, but these cameras can now estimate that down inside of um, micrometers. The, the cameras without radar, LiDAR? Without, yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, and actually what's really happened here recently is in 2022, Honda was able to install a new technology camera in their windshield and remove the radar sensor from that car. And that car has as good as or better capabilities than the previous year that had both a camera and a radar sensor in it. Scary. Yeah, it is scary, but it's, I mean, it's really fascinating to see this because think of the cost savings for that manufacturer by able to delete a radar sensor, combine all of those functions into one device. It's absolutely amazing. The camera is going to help with uh, cruise too? Cruise control, yeah. Cruise control. Adaptive yeah. cruise, yeah, pedestrian detection, automated emergency braking, lane keeping, all of that stuff is handled through that that single camera. And that camera, it's built by Mobileye, which is an Intel company. And so I, I actually bought one of those cameras used through, you know, LKQ. Okay. I took it apart. I started studying it. I measured the camera sensor and I compared it to some others. I'm going to be presenting that tomorrow morning. Here at uh, ASTE. Here. Yes, I've got some high resolution oh, wow. slides that show this technology. And I actually had a 2024 Toyota come in, or actually a Lexus come in the other day, friend of ours, and asked him if I could you know, <laughs> probe around a little bit. I believe it has the same camera technology in it. And with Toyota, we have the factory software. I was able to read some pixel dimensions, and I'm going to be sharing that and show the contrast between what that's being, what that's capable of and what we had just two years ago. I mean, just you look at the technology leap that's happening in front of us, and it's uh, absolutely amazing. I wonder if the students that will be in your class are going to appreciate your passion, what you did to present this fresh, the freshest ever kind of training. And they're probably taking your class because they want to know more. They know it's, the rea it's a real part of us moving forward. We could be great specialty shops, but do you see that ADAS will become a super specialty to Diag? One of the things that's caused me to change a little bit of focus here is that I've I've discovered over the years when I'm interacting with technicians, you know, and I ask them about the ADAS stuff, right? Hey, what do you know about that camera and how it works? And what do you know about the radar? I seem to get this sense that most people don't have a lot of respect for these systems because they may have driven an early car that didn't have good capability and the operation just didn't, it felt clunky. So, and I've had them tell me, oh yeah, my wife has on our car, Every time I drive it, I just shut it off. And I'm going, probably need to understand a little bit more about it. Make sure that you know how it can actually help you. But more importantly, there's a lot more going on. When they say they don't use it for the lane keeping, that camera may have other responsibilities that help to support that car and keep that active safety systems, all of the active safety systems working properly. So showing post detection and, and all of those visuals that I tried to show, I want to make sure that People understand that, hey, there is more going on with it, and hopefully that will then uh, transpose their attitude and want to keep that stuff working properly. You're saving people's lives with this story, with the training that you're doing, because here's the deal. It was, and Tracy, she's here in the studio with us. She's producing. She says to me, Dad, all this stuff, it's killing me. It's going crazy, left, right, arrows, and all this stuff, and, and the rogue that she has. And I said, honey, do me a favor. 
I hear it from all my friends in the industry. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Don't turn it off. Yeah. And so she didn't. And then what happened, Trace? Now I'm so used to it that if I drive a car that doesn't have the lane assist, I'm a lazy driver. Yeah. Because I've relied on it so much. But yes, I come to Carm and I said, so I have my new car. I'm really excited about it. But how do I turn that beeping off? It drives me nuts. And he, he said Brown the same said thing. No. <laughs> and he's like, just a couple weeks, just see, you know, it's there for a reason. And so I am now so used to it that when I drive someone else's car, yeah. I'm like, whoa, I need to sharpen up here. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, it is amazing. I'm driving a five-year-old car, okay, that I bought brand new and it's a Tesla Model 3. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that car has a radar sensor on the front, but Tesla no longer uses that radar sensor because they found out that their vision system supersedes what the radar can provide. They claim that the radar provides too much noise, ah. meaning that it's false detections and that kind of stuff. Yeah. They've gone to strictly vision. Now, the other interesting thing, another, another slide tomorrow that you'll see, at the beginning of this year, Tesla has rolled out this new hardware. They've removed one of the cameras and they've added this new high-definition radar that hasn't even been developed yet for the software to, to use it. So it's on the vehicles, but it, it's not deployed yet internally. So there's a lot of things moving out yeah. there and it's absolutely amazing. Hey, have you visited the Napa Auto Care member site lately? Well, since its relaunch in 2020, the Napa Auto Care member site has continued to evolve to keep members updated on all the Napa programs, promotions, member benefits, and business building tools to help your business thrive. Some features to the member's site include never miss an update, stay current with notifications and announcements on the homepage, and view the dashboard featuring your shop's financial status. Also take advantage of cost-saving member-exclusive promotions and a faster automated 24-24 peace-of-mind warranty submission process. Submit re-repair claims directly on the member site and easily check the status there as well. Now, typically the claim is settled and EFT or credit card payment is sent within 48 hours. Turn searches into a new customer with a referral tracker. Now learn more about how a consumer Napa online search for your shop can generate new customers at no additional cost to members. Use this popular customer tool to evolve your marketing strategies and to get the most business value. Own more than one Napa Auto Care? Link all your facilities to one login and access all the facilities to one user. You can also access the Shop Napa Helm or Pro Office website directly. You can also submit a pro-image free look for a sneak peek at how you can co-brand your locally known name with the nationally recognized Napa brand. Also, submit online ASE certification renewal and test reimbursements. You also get exclusive access to dozens of industry-leading programs and solutions. Now, if you're a Napa Auto Care member, visit member.napaautocare.com to access the member portal and take advantage of these many member benefits today. Now, if you're not a Napa Auto Care Center, contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store to learn more about how to join the Napa family. So I sit back and think that technology is moving so, so fast. And if we don't make a commitment to go to training seminars like ASTE and all the stuff that you do in the industry, we're going to be so far, far behind. Okay, that's my little soapbox. Yeah. You're here to listening to Scott Brown only because in my mind, he's our industry's ADAS expert. And when I saw Scott at the registration table today, I got to have you in the studio. He's so kind to open up his schedule to come in here. 
And he goes, oh, I wrote a textbook with two other guys on ADAS. And so he brought it. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Dieg.net, Dieg yeah. Diagnostic Network. Mm -hmm. This is your baby, baby. So yeah. if you're in it, you're listening to the voice of, of the master here. So you write articles, you're doing all kinds of things. I know you're doing podcast stuff. I know you're doing all kinds of videos. You're all world when it comes to, I think, everything technology-wise but ADAS. So kudos to you. Thanks for coming on. I remember a bunch of years ago, I went to a seminar. There was a car inside of a ballroom, and they were doing an ADAS calibration. And I decided as a guy from the media to hang in there and watch what was going on. And when it was all done, and they put the plumb bobs, and they were measuring everything. I said, what if we took that cone up front? I can't, what, what do they call that triangular cone? Tri trihedral. Trihedral. Thank you mm -hmm. very much. And I says, what if we move it three inches back? What will happen from the car calibrated? So I think to your point, that forward facing radar may not be as perfect. Do you think it's the whole camera thing is going to change ADAS calibration too? Yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk and strategy and it's, it's really got to be tough for an OEM to develop because it takes them usually a couple, three years to say, hey, this is the way we're going to go. And then they refine it and then get it into production. But technology is moving so quickly that by the time they get that decision to production, the tech has leaped so far forward that the capabilities have now exceeded what they built. They can now move to this, this new stuff and it supersedes everything else that they're doing. So, you know, as far as radar goes, I've seen some pretty valuable things happening with that. Some manufacturers use multiple radar sensors. And yeah, it's just dependent on how they're developing the car and the perception systems to actually deliver that customer experience and, and taking care of their operation. So if I'm a technician, I'm a disciple of yours, and I go to every training that I could get, watch all your stuff. Will I start realizing that my diagnostic capabilities, my skills of doing ADAS calibrations is going to be generational? As you say, they develop it, they put it into production three years, and during that three years, technology is wrapped so that somebody's going to have to say, oh, what year vehicle is this? There's a whole new way to do this, whole new way to think of this, whole new way to calibrate this. So is calibration, static, dynamic, all that stuff that people all want to know, should I invest should I train? Yeah, I would say that when, if you're in this business and you're a professional and you want to gain customer trust, these systems are on the cars, right? So typically I'm in the aftermarket space, right? I have a yeah. shop yeah, and we get new cars in all the time to do regular services. And so we're inspecting these systems to make sure that everything's fine, yeah. you know, checking DTCs and that kind of stuff. But we're finding some things here that are popping up, some regular service things like the windshield gets dirty underneath. But to go back to your point, the technician, yes, they should always, again, like remain curious, have a handle on how this technology is evolving so that they're prepared and they understand that, hey, you know what? We used to do it, the calibration this way on this car. This is the only way you could calibrate it. And now you look at a modern Toyota or Lexus platform, they give you three options. They give you a three-time or sequential recognition target for the camera. They give you a one-time recognition target. Or they give you a dynamic calibration option. You can do either of those to satisfy a calibration. And that gives the baseline, right? And then the car is continuously calibrating as it's driving down the road. And it's understanding the certain data metrics uh, out in front of the car to kind of understand where, where we're at. You may have ride height sensing operations on that vehicle to understand that, hey, the car is loaded, right? Yeah, somebody's, yeah. somebody's added a bunch of luggage. We've got four people in the car. Now the attitudinal state of the vehicle 
has changed. And not only for the camera, but we've got advanced headlight systems now that basically auto level. Yeah. That those all participate in that advanced driver assistance system and active safety system. So we as professionals delivering service on modern vehicles should have a deep understanding of this and know when to, you should always reference service information and make sure that you're following the proper st- procedures so that you're putting that vehicle back into service and it has the same capabilities that it was designed to deliver. Think about the future of vehicles that are coming out and the requirements of ADAS calibration today, the size, the length, the, the lighting. Is that going to change? Um, probably. I mean, the, the distance, you know, when you're doing static calibration, some of the, the way that they provide that service, that usually comes through the vendor, right? The, the tier one provider for, the, say, the camera system. Yeah. They work with the OEM to come up with what kind of service needs are we going to have. And sometimes it's well thought out. They simplify the, the process. Sometimes it's like, wow, I've calibrated cars and I'm going, wow, I've never had to do this before. It's the target is so far back. So the added space that I need with the level floor is pretty demanding. And in some cases, some shops are unable to actually perform that tap. They may pose a level of friction and make it difficult for a shop to, to cover every, every single vehicle. So whether that's going to change or standardize, I know that there are some industry groups out there that are trying to push for some sort of standardization which probably will, I mean, that, that may be helpful. I think we'll probably go to more, and this, is, this came from my NVIDIA friend. He says, the more cameras or sensors that they add to the car, the easier it is for them to do dynamic calibrations. So you, you start to see the cameras come on board, and I think we're going to see probably more uh, dynamic-style calibration. We rented an Edge, unbelievable camera on that car, a 2023 Edge, and I'm driving a 2012-something. Okay camera. With an okay camera, yeah. <laughs> and, it, one year might a generational change, right? Yeah. I only have one ADAS feature on my vehicle. Wow, I just just totally lost, you know, beeps, well, the back, beeps with my, uh, yeah, somebody's the, next to me. Oh, the blind like, spot. Blind, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. blind spot. Uh, yeah. Duh, yeah. blind spot. And, and I love my blind spot. It doesn't beep, though. It's, the lights just light up. You have more than one. You have a backup camera, right? So I, I do have a backup camera. Backup cameras so that, were mandated back in right. uh, May of 2018. Yeah. And that has reduced uh, backing. Yeah. I mean, there have been lives saved because of that. And it's amazing. I mean, so when the federal government comes after you and says, oh, you got to do this. And usually people are skeptical. Oh, you know, the government's here to help me. I okay? the government. But, you know, they're, sometimes they, they hit it, right? So these are things that are actually making an impact. And it's amazing. But, you know, there's some other shortcomings out there. But it's we as service professionals need to basically stay in tune with uh, what's happening with our vehicle technology part. And here's the other thing that I'm trying to push. The more of an expert you become on these systems, the more able you are to have a, an intelligent conversation with your clients. I have had multiple conversations with our clients explaining to them about their ADAS system because, let's face it, when they go to buy that car, they're, they're not onboarded properly. They're given the car. The salesperson may give them a little bit of instruction, but it could be wrong. And really, they need to go read their owner's manual. But I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to develop a public-facing clinic to introduce some of this technology. But I've driven, I've taken customers on road tests and, and showed them some of the capabilities. And they're going, wow, I didn't even know it did yeah, that. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. You're so right. We want to encourage people when they buy a new car not to forget about us that they had taken that previous car to for all those years and that you don't necessarily have to go to the dealer, but 
when they learn what you can teach them about their capabilities on their car, they're still going to love and trust you. Yeah. You're generating the trust. That's my big point. Yeah. You're building credibility. Right. Now that customer, they're going to have a good experience. Yeah. And what do they do? They usually will talk to one of their friends. If one of their friends starts complaining about, oh, my car is always beeping. And they'll say, oh, go down there and see Scott at Connie and Dick's. Uh, he'll, he'll explain it to you. Yeah. And yeah, exactly right. And the thing I love about that six degrees of separation and the people that know each other and the bragging rights that people get is I go to dinner with friends every Friday night. And it's amazing of the stories that you hear. I had a good experience here. Imagine I was at Connie and Dick's, my service center. I bought this new car. Well, you don't have to take it there for too long, but no, they taught me all about the technology on my car. You know, I have this and it does this and it saves me from that and on and on and on. You can't pay for exposure like that. So you help somebody and now they're out telling your story. Yeah, that just triggered another memory here. We had a customer that came in, we had to do a tire on a brand new Subaru, okay? And so I'm walking around the car and talking to the, to the client, an older gentleman. And I said, hey, this has the eyesight system. I said, hey, do you know that this thing has adaptive cruise control? It has uh, automated emergency braking. They can do all this without a radar sensor in the front of the car. And he says, first thing he tells me, he says, oh, I don't use cruise control anymore. I go, well, why? He goes, there's too many cars on the road. And when a car gets in front of me, I got to slow down and all that. I go, you know, the system will automatically do that for me, for you now. That's what it's all about. It's adaptive cruise control. And he looked at me and said, what? He didn't know that he even had that capability on his vehicle. Shame on our dealers. <laughs> I remember buying the cars. Hey, let me show you about your XM radio, but nothing else. Mm -hmm. It was almost about the infotainment system yeah. rather than the safety systems. Yep. So you have nothing better to do than to write a book. Well, <laughs> the book, yeah, let me tell you about the book. Yeah. So there's three authors, myself and Steve Zach. He uh, came from Bosch. He's got a title as an engineer. He did a lot of training and um, he did a he did an event. I don't know if you were at this event. It was up in Detroit where I uh, remember Steve's at. Donnie Cipher pulled yeah. together this technology yes, thing. Yes. And we were out in the parking lot doing some that's ADAS stuff. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So that's Steve. And then the other gentleman is Kurt Shadbolt. And he's a professor up at Chabot College. He's in the Silicon Valley area. And I met Kurt probably about four or five years ago at a at another conference and he was teaching some ADAS and I talked to him after the class and I said, hey, you know, I've been doing a lot of this and that. And so we kept in touch and started working together. He got me hired by the state of California to do a whole bunch of train the trainer stuff up in the uh, Bay Area and uh, throughout the state. And he contacted me about a year and a half ago and said, hey, I've been putting all this stuff together to try to teach ADAS in my class because there is no curriculum, no textbook. And I was approached by this company called GW, a good heart Wilcox. And he says, oh, by the way, you know, this gal that's working there, her name is Aaron Brennan. And I said, yeah, I know Aaron. And he goes, well, they want to commission a textbook, an ADAS textbook. Would you be willing to help? And I said, heck yeah. Oh, in my <laughs> yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah. So, you know, he had a lot of the text and, and instruction and stuff already kind of figured out. And then for the last year and a half, we've been working strong on this book. We finished it probably June of this year, doing, putting some final pieces on it in, in July. And uh, there's also some digital content uh, that goes with it. So I've been doing a bunch of videos. Wow. So there's a bunch of videos that supplement this that go with the instruction for the schools to pick up. It also comes with a bunch of PowerPoints and, and other digital 
digital assets. The book is also available digitally. They can get it. I think it's a PDF or something that goes into their learning management system at the, at cool. the colleges. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's been, this was a lot of Labor work. Labor of was, love? It was also very, very fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, I bet it you. was super, super uh, Hold fun. up the book to the camera yeah. here. So, there, there it is. So perfect. That's the book. And, you know, I'm an advisory member of our local college in, in Buffalo. I talk about that a lot. I cannot wait to go back to our next meeting, which I think is in a few weeks, and say, do I have something cool for you? Yep. And we are going to put a picture of that. I mean, you have anyone buy this if they want? Yeah, they can go to Goodhart Wilcox uh, okay. website. I'll get you the link so you can put it in the show that, notes. That would be great. And uh, they can go out and buy the book now. Uh, they sent me 10 copies and I gave all of my employees a copy. Neat. Okay. And then I gave actually the company that I have, Connie and Dix. Yeah. Conrad Nelson. He's 92 years old. And I gave him a book. And I said, hey, I want, because it has, you know, our company name yeah. in there. Did you sign it? And, you know, I didn't sign it. I probably better. Come on, you're going to be I, a best-selling <laughs> author soon. Yeah. So anyways, cool. it's, I'm really proud of this. This is pretty cool. Good so for you. I only had one copy left to bring to this show. Yeah. And so in two weeks, I'm going to be teaching at the California Automotive Teachers Conference at Pierce nice. College outside of Los Angeles. GW's shipping me a box of these. They want me to sign so that they can distribute them at at the show. This is the way for the reinvention of our curriculums to, it may, this may be the book that starts that off because there's some really aggressive colleges. I mean, our, our school is going through a curriculum change and they really did some unbelievable re revamping of it, but I'm positive there's no ADAS book. And, and if it is, it, it could be fundamentals. I didn't even have a chance to flip through it, but you were showing Tracy. I mean, this thing has got pictures and graphs. It's, it, it is not just all textbook. So we've got scope patterns in there letting you know what CanFD looks like and Ethernet, a CAN bus. And there's a bunch of imaging that I did in here, some stuff off my Tesla because I have some special hardware on my car that I can actually get. Elon Musk calls the mind of car. <laughs> so it's what the car sees. And then it's basically trying to translate that environment. And it's pretty fascinating. But there's some pictures in the book that show the actual video out the front and then what the computer thinks of the environment. I am not surprised that Scott Brown would have some special hardware on his car. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's a passion of mine. When you're helping people, we're, we're not only helping our customers maintain their mobility and their, their active safety systems in their car, but, you know, I'm helping the next generation of technicians. I've got apprentices in my shop working that have been there for, one's been there a little over a year. Another one's been there for six months. They have been doing ADAS calibrations. And I asked them all the time, I said, how many of your co-students are working in a shop and doing ADAS calibrations? The obvious right. answer is zero. But these guys are getting, guy and gal, okay, yeah. are getting an opportunity and I hope that they're going to be long-term employer sure. employees of yeah, mine, yeah. but they're getting some foundational knowledge and some experience, some real world experience and understanding you know, how things work and how to service them and put them back together. You are bringing geeky stuff to the geeks. Nobody's rebuilding engines or calipers anymore. It was a great, <laughs> somebody said, yeah, I said, we've got this rebuilding caliper program in the college. Yeah. It's in the lab. Yeah. No. Some of that foundational knowledge is good, but technology is evolving and it's exciting. Also, these students, you know, that go to these programs and they learn about this stuff, that may open up other opportunities, right? Not only can they be a technician, but maybe they become a field service engineer. Yeah, yeah. 
There was a guy in the hallway that came up to me just a little bit ago. I can't remember his name, but he is a field service engineer for Toyota. And he said he met me at this show a couple of years ago. So we started talking a little bit about, you know, some of the pain points that they run into. But, you know, he was a technician. Now he's got a corporate job, but he still has his hands in the technical side. But he's, he's you know, doing what he loves to do and, and he's having fun. Well, look at, I got to tell you this. We appreciate you and your tenacity for being curious and being a perpetual student. It's almost like you're a tech entrepreneur for all that you've done to teach and to help people and then to help create this book. You're this giving person so that other people can learn and earn. What's the other cool thing I'd like to state is that we're working on, I have a workshop, right? I'm in my workshop every day and I'm getting a constant feed of technology that comes into the shop and it's like, wow, this is really, really cool stuff because it's like the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Right. And it keeps me very, very curious. (laughs) And I'm so happy that I chose this career, you know, this pathway. People may say, oh, you're just a mechanic. It's a little bit more than that, right? I can see the sign out in front of your shop. It says, bring me your 2024 newest car. I want to tear it apart. (laughs) Yeah, we can't quite phrase it that way. But, you know, that 2024 Toyota or the Lexus, actually, all the Lexuses, you remember when they were having that uh, runaway throttle issue way back, you know, a decade or so ago? I believe it was shortly after that. That event may have triggered what Toyota corporate did. They now have this thing called vehicle control history, and then they have what's called records of behavior. Okay. And so... These different modules can see events that happen in the car, whether they're hitting the throttle hard or braking hard, going around a corner. And it w- may record some data that might be useful for a technician to go and look at. Well, now with the ADAS and the higher feature vehicles, it now re- will record, if uh, suitable, it will record some of the video out of the front of the car and the technician can get that data. And so I was showing my client with the 2024 Lexus. We pulled some stuff out of the car and I showed him this video sequence and he goes, I'm not sure what that is. And so we played it back and I showed him how quickly he went around this corner. It was about a half a G or something. And he goes, oh yeah, I was getting on the freeway. And actually what happened as he was getting on, coming around the corner, the system detected something and it basically backed off. It pulled the torque off the vehicle. He had to like hit it to get it to go. And that's what triggered this thing. So, but anyways, fascinating to see that kind of material coming out of an automobile. So uh, I'm sorry. Is that an invasion? I mean, insurance company says, we want to see that video. We want to, we want a replay on that. I yeah. mean, will that ever get that deep, you think? Oh, it will. You can actually produce a report. If you hit a print button, it produces a PDF that is a legal document. It has a full-on glossary. Every acronym has a description. It has all the technical features, and it basically could become a court uh, court item. Now, To answer your question about privacy, when you open the owner's manual, it says this vehicle is capable of doing this. If you do not want that happening, you need to visit your dealer so they can turn that feature off. And of course, we can turn it off with the uh, tech stream as well. But my customer, he said, well, he says, should I turn that off? I go, then could actually help you. What if you get in a collision and it's somebody else caused the collision? You could pull all that data out and prove that you were not in the wrong. Okay. You got me thinking about the EULA, the end user license agreement. Yeah. And it says, okay, I got to go and tell them to turn it off. I'm sure I've got to sign some documents that say that. Probably. And if not, when I buy the car, and I haven't bought one in a long time, a new one, 
Do I have to sign any agreement that says I'm willing unless I'm unwilling? If you sign something, it probably had that included. There. So did you bring your attorney with you when you bought that car so <laughs> oh that God, they could review that document? I know. <laughs> Let me see the fine print. I'll be here for four hours. Right. <laughs> and then I still won't understand what I signed. Exactly. Right. It could be argued either way, right? All right. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. we have to be cognizant of that, yes. that you're gaining weight. And oh, yeah. All this stuff. Well, we've got internal cameras now that are watching what the driver's behavior and they detection system can see where the eyeballs are headed. So if they're looking, it's look, looking like they're playing on their oh, phone or something. Geez. It'll say, hey, get get your eyes back on the road. And it'll tell you that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It hey, happened, what about- to, happened to me in the Tesla, by the way, when, when I first oh, got, really? I got this new level of full self-drive and I was trying to film the dash, the screen with my camera. <laughs> and it kept telling me, put your hands on the wheel, put your hands on the wheel. And I had my left hand and I was giving it some inverse torque and it kept telling me that. And I put the camera down, put my other hand on there. And the message went away. Back in the day, and I had a bench seat. I remember when I was courting Anne, she sat next to me. That was a thing on back then. On a bench right? seat, yeah. yeah. And there were no seatbelts, right? It was a thing. Pull up behind a car and you see two heads close together, right? Yeah. You see nobody in the passenger seat. You know that they must be friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're close friends. <laughs> I totally love it. Anyway, thank you so much for your wisdom and all the things that you're doing. And I just hope that book gets everywhere and that you never stop ever stop being curious, Scott Brown. Hey, thank you very much for having me, Carm. Thanks, man. Bye. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.